Thank you so much. And there was no colluding on this, but that's what I chose here. As I was thinking of what I could say about Ron, this is what I thought of. Well done, good and faithful servant, because I just thought of faithfulness. You know, when our family moved here to Tahlequah back in 1997, I didn't, I don't know if I'd even heard about Goyi Village, but our church has been very privileged over these years to get to know and work beside so many special servants of God who came to Tahlequah to move into Goyi Village in retirement. Now, the year after we came to Tahlequah, Ron and Myrna moved to Tahlequah and to Goyi Village. And as we've heard this morning, they came here with this vast amount of experience of Christian teaching, Christian work, leadership experience. But guess what they didn't come here with? They didn't come here telling us about all their accomplishments. We had to kind of pull that out of them little by little. And they didn't come here telling us how we should be doing things because they were experts. They came and they just got involved, just right from day one, they just got involved in all the things we were doing as a church to become part of the church. And they got involved in projects and small group ministries and fellowship activities, <clears throat> church meals, work days. We found out that Ron was a skilled painter and so he did a lot of painting for us as we did different things throughout the church during the years. And he, he taught Sunday school, of course, because teaching is such a uh, thing that he loves and he's very good at <clears throat> participating in small groups. For a time, he served as our Christian ed director. He eventually served on our elder board for some years, and he was always willing to take the pulpit for the times that we were going to be gone or I couldn't come, we weren't in town. So he would just never hesitate. He just said he could do it and he would come and I always got real good comments, although I never ask people when somebody else preaches, but people would just come up and say how much they really enjoyed Ron's sermon. <clears throat> uh, but you know, he would also besides all the ministry things that he did, he would also kind of make friends with people who needed a friend. And so you would see him with people and paying attention to them and even outside of church doing things with them, you know, certain individuals sharing <clears throat> his gifts with the church and outside the church. Now I have a scripture that I believe fits this occasion. And it's in Matthew chapter 20. We're going to have the verses on the screen. <clears throat> Actually, before we do that, can you uh, switch to that picture that Laura gave you? Because this is another thing that Ron, uh, that stuck in our minds. This is something that happened. Are you going to be able to get that, Matthew? Okay. This is something that happened uh, in 2000. 
in the year 2000. This is our daughter Carmen. Well, actually, this is probably past 2000, 2002. <clears throat> and uh, I think we were having a meeting or something, and she was, you know, needed to be kind of helped and taken care of a little bit. And so Ron was back there just playing, playing, playing away with her. <laughs> and so even down to the least of us, you know, to help. Thank you, Matthew. <clears throat> now, in Matthew chapter 20, and verse 20, I want to show you here something that Jesus taught his disciples and, and has taught us now. It says, the mother, uh, Then the mother of Zebedee's sons, James and John, came to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down, asked a favor of him. What is it you want, he asked. She said, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. You know, that would be the two top places in the kingdom after the king. Right hand, left hand. You don't know what you are asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, You will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my Father. When the ten heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers. So here comes James and John's mother, and she's asking that her sons be given the top positions in the eternal kingdom, in Christ's coming kingdom, right after Christ himself. Well, you know it's going to have to go to somebody, right? So she's thinking, why not my two sons? Now, <clears throat> you know, there are places in the Gospels that you probably are familiar with where we read that the disciples were arguing over who would be the greatest in the kingdom. And that's what that meant. Who would have the highest positions? Who would have the most authority in the kingdom? Who would be the hand-picked people to be first in the kingdom outside of Christ? So in this instance, James and John's mother, they, she just comes out and asks, just boom. Can my sons take those first two seats? Now, it sounds kind of brazen to us. But, you know, it seems like the disciples were all kind of thinking along that line. She was just the first one to say it out loud, probably, you know, to Jesus. <clears throat> and we know they were thinking that. They were probably upset that somebody would even just come and ask. But also, why didn't we do that first, you know, type of thing. Who's going to get the highest honor? And you think of it, you know, in our terms. Who's going to climb that ladder of success? Who's going to be the most exalted one? Who's going to be the one that everybody looks up to? And don't we, as a society, often think that way, working our way to the top? Even ministers, you know, trying to get a, a better and a better position. But what does Jesus say about that? Well, two things he says, basically, we just read. He says, you don't know what you're asking. 
So he's saying, you're thinking on a whole wrong level. You don't understand the system that we are working in. We're not working in the world system, not the way that the world seeks honor. You don't get to the top by stepping on others or being the first one to ask. He says, instead, are you willing to drink from the cup that I'm going to drink from? And he's talking about paying the price. And in this this case, his cup was a cup of suffering that he was going to have to drink. Are you willing to go through the suffering in order to be first in the kingdom? Or my right hand or my left hand? So the first thing is that they're thinking in a whole different realm than Jesus is offering or is teaching them. And they're thinking in a whole different pathway to honor. And then secondly, Jesus says, it's not up to me anyway to decide who's going to be first and who's going to be right, who's going to be left in the kingdom. My father is going to make that decision. There'll be the place prepared by my father. Now, I think, you know, as we are in our American society where we're always fighting for the top, you know, just as a society, as people in America, I think this second point can bring a lot of peace to our hearts if we really look into it understand it and accept it wholeheartedly. You know, many times we see others who seem to have things so much better than we do and even so much easier than we do. You know, and we may look at them and say, well, you know, they had a better family background than I did. Or they came from wealthier families than I did. You know, their parents got them up that ladder. They knew the right people. She lived in the right town and went to a better university than I got to go to. But you know, if we will put our trust in the Lord and realize that the Father is the one who positions us, we can accept things a lot easier, a lot more readily. We can accept them because we know that God is in control and he's the one that's going to help us if we are dedicated to him. I think this statement from Jesus could stop forever anymore the arguing from the disciples over who will get sit at the right hand and who will sit at the left hand because it just puts it all on the Father and Jesus doesn't even have to worry about it or concern himself with it or fight with him over it. It's the Father's choice. And it's not going to come by trying to best each other out of higher honors. It's going to come by accepting the situation that God allows us to be in personally, individually, and being faithful in the position he's put us in. And we're not competing with other people. We are doing what the Lord gives us. We're submitting to God. Now, Jesus goes on to give them God's way of achieving honor or greatness. Well, let me read that 24 again. When the ten heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers. Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. 
Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus turns the way of greatness, the way to greatness, on its head, doesn't he? Instead of being extremely aggressive and commanding and demanding and ordering and talking down to others to just kind of show our superiority, kingdom greatness comes through serving, doesn't it? It comes through faithfulness, faithful serving. It's having the mindset of Christ, isn't it? It's through helping and caring and practicing humility. It comes through serving others faithfully, like we said. It's through considering the needs of others and not just focused on ourselves. It's through kindness and gentleness and humility. That's kingdom of God greatness. That's the pathway to kingdom greatness. And if we do that, and at the same time, we understand that God is the one who chooses who receives which honor. If it's just put into the Father's hands, and so we just follow the, follow the Father's plans, and we accept God's decisions on who receives which honor on this earth, and which circumstances he places us in, then we can step away from the pathway of comparisons and jealousy, stri- striving with wrong attitudes, needless anger and frustration, and just aim for kingdom greatness by, sup, by serving and helping and caring and trusting in God. And we, we will be so much further ahead by seeking God's formula for greatness. And those are the attitudes which I believe Ron and Myrna came to us with. They came with such a wealth of background and experience and accomplishments and being lifted to high places within God's kingdom on on earth. And they just came as simple people ready to help. And so this morning, I would like to thank God for the privilege, and I count it a great privilege, to having served beside Ron and Myrna for many years in different ways, in different ministries, and just even a lot of time just talking and fellowshipping and uh, church meals and that sort of thing. And I thank God for that. And I'm asking Tom Salmon to come up here and John, if you want to. And so that we can have a short time of prayer, thanking God for Our time with Ron. So I'll go ahead and start the prayer, and then Tom, if you could follow me. Father, we just thank you for Ron and for Myrna. We thank you for what they meant to our church and how still mean, still the way that Ron, what he means to our church. We thank you for their family and how much good they put into them good of looking to you, following you, becoming servants of yours. And Father, I thank you for everything he's done for our church and just the friendship that I've had with him, he and Myrna both, over the years, and that we've got to spend so many years with them, even after they retired. And so, Lord, now we pray your blessing upon him and his family. 
continue to give him the joy of you and continue to use him in your service. Help him uh, with his uh, infirmities, Lord, and pray that you give him good health and a great rest of the years to serve you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.